Canadian Biggie is back this week as the NFL free agency goes into overdrive and NBA owners and players apparently have thin skin. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. been a very very eventful you know last six days or so we decided not to do the show until wednesday evening and put it out thursday because we knew nfl free agency was upon us and a lot has gone down since we last spoke you know what was it thursday and we do welcome canadian biggie back in his winter wonderland biggie how you doing brother i'm doing good how are you guys well, I don't know what the hell that was about, but we're glad to have you back anyway. And we have plenty to talk about, and we're going to kick it right off the bat and go straight into Antonio Brown is now an Oakland Raider. Mr. Brown, not Antonio, but the other Mr. Brown that does this podcast. You are a Raiders fan. How do you feel? I like it. I mean, they they gave up a third and a fifth. You, as a Raiders fan, you got to be excited about it because essentially we traded uh, Mari Cooper and got Antonio Brown. So it's it's an upgrade for sure. I'm not so sure if we're rebuilding or we're trying to win now, but who cares? You know, let's see what happens. I like the move. They don't know what they're doing. Basically, what's happening is they we're going to go in this rebuild. Now they're like, ooh, there's some shiny pieces out here. I think we're going to go make it happen. But, but for a three and a five, you gotta you got to make that deal. Even if they plan on trading him halfway through the year and get it, they'd probably get a first-round pick out of him too. But you gotta you got to take it for that value, in my opinion, no matter what you're trying to do. Well, on top of that, they, they've signed some other key players, right? I mean, we we it's not just Antonio Brown. Well, let's let's let Canadian Biggie tell us about that uh, nice front, nice shiny, fresh offensive lineman we got. You guys got robbed. <laughs> you made some good moves, and I like to see. If I were a Raiders fan, I'd be happy, but I'd be confused because I don't know what direction you're going in. But Trent Brown for sixty six million dollars, not worth it. Well, didn't the Raiders just draft a left tackle last year? Yeah, they <laughs> he didn't he didn't uh, pan out too well so far, but uh, you know he's still young. Maybe he can turn it around this year. I don't know. I mean, what are they going to do with two left tackles? Are they going to move one of them, or just the 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 young kids going to sit down and learn behind the uh, veteran? I mean, honestly, they spent a first rounder on him, so they they probably need to move him to the other side or see see if it works out on the other side because they're thin at offensive line, pretty bad. Aren't they trading Osimile or Osimile, one of your other offensive linemen? Yeah, they traded him to the Jets. Side? The Jets, yeah. But he he had a he had a good few years in Oakland, and then last year he couldn't stay healthy, and he's getting older, so they decided to uh, cut their ties with him, and they didn't feel like he was going to be able to bounce back. So that's that's the decision they made on him. So the Raiders are are they are they going to be a competitive team? Have they made enough you know additions? They get they went and got a receiver from San Diego with Williams, right? Like we saw that today. Yeah, nice deep threat. He's a four four speed, you know, and Al Davis is you know just jumping up in the grave, <laughs> zombie Al Davis, and he's when you say uh, four speed, a Williams receiver for the Chargers, you have to say the first name because they have like four of them. I believe it was uh, Tyrell, right? I was just going to say T. Williams. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> because don't they have like three of those? I mean, it's an upgrade over Jordy. So, I mean, I like that move too. It gives him some depth. He's big. He's a big guy. I think he's like 6'4", like 220, and he runs a 4'4", is what they were saying online when I was reading it. But, I mean, I like the move there. I, 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 honestly, I, as a Raiders fan, I'm being optimistic, but I don't see how they could at all possibly pass the Chiefs or the Chargers. 
they'd probably be the third best team in that division, even with these additions. Yeah, I think it's probably more about them getting some, you know, new faces. So when they roll into Vegas, they're looking pretty good. But I, I think kind of what you mentioned earlier, I'm not really sure what the long term plan is at this point for the Raiders. Like they, yeah, they went from rebuilding, and, and then because you know they got they got rid of Mac, they got rid of you know Cooper. We're going to go young, and they had all these draft picks, and then they go get a 31-year-old wide receiver who who is probably the best in the game. I'm not saying he's not, but how many years has he got left, and is he going to be a different guy without having someone like Ben Roethlisberger throw him the ball? I mean, I, I think he, they've, they've extended him on his contract, and uh, you know he's got guaranteed money now. So I'm hoping that he shows up and plays ball because he's got paid. What were you going to say, Biggs? Mr. Big Chest, he's happy to be out there. He got his money. For the moves they made, they spent cap space, and then the trades that they made, they still have four of the top 35 picks in the draft. So everybody was killing Chucky last year for trading Cooper and trading Mac. You brought in some talented guys in free agency, and you have a chance to pick up four guys that you don't have to pay for four years. So looking up for the Raiders. All I'm saying is they better spend all three first-rounders on their defense because they need some help on that side of the ball big time. They haven't signed any free agent for defense, have they? Yeah, they got the – Oh, they got uh, the cornerback from the Rams. Yeah, there you go. That was it. What was his name again, Chad? (laughs) LaMarcus Joyner. From the Rams, right? From the Rams. Crack research team at its finest. They're helping us pull that one out of oblivion. There you go. So – the 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 favorite thing for me that happened though with Antonio Brown, I mean, I, you know, the Raiders, you know, I, they still got a long way to go, and we'll see how they do with the crying quarterback. But I, I did see that Antonio Brown's already working out with him, so that's a positive. the The whole Antonio Brown drama, Mister Big Chest drama, going on with Pittsburgh. The highlight to me over the weekend was that he was a Buffalo Bill for about sixty minutes. I mean, I, I'm sure the fans in Buffalo were really excited about that. Get him for a three and a five. <laughs> when you get traded to one place and you refuse to go there, all of a sudden what teams can offer for you to come to them gets lower. I mean, I'd say it's a couple reasons. You know, who's going to throw him the ball in Buffalo, one thing. And secondly, he probably don't want to go through what Canadian Biggs is still going through at the, the, the blizzards in Buffalo. So he probably made the right choice to head out to the West Coast. Did we ever figure oh, he out? Did. Did we ever figure out what Buffalo tried to offer, though? Did that ever come public? Not to my knowledge. A lot of wings. <laughs> I, I don't think that was going to work for Mr. Big Chest. So the the other other thing that kind of happened with the, the Steelers was they effectively are done with Le'Veon Bell as well, who signed with the Jets. So before we go into that, just looking at the Steelers, you just went from having – Maybe the best wide receiver in the game. Possibly the best running back. I know he didn't play last year, but if you go back two years ago, I think people were saying he might be the best running back, right? Right during the conversation. They're both gone. And they're, I mean, what's going on with Pittsburgh? Are they, are the fans going to be okay with this? How much of this is on Tomlin's shoulders? Is, is the ownership losing the time? I mean, the Steelers kind of have a Patriots-esque way about them where they don't overpay for players and they try to move on and, and all that kind of thing. But you just lost two like elite players and got nothing for it. I mean, they lost these guys. And I'll tell you what, you ask about the fans. The fans are mad as hell. I mean, because that's two top-tier talents and they're both gone for nothing. So, I mean, they're going to have a hard time fighting in that division, even though it's a weak division overall. But I think, honestly, for them, 9-7 – 
it's probably about where they might be this year because they're thin, very thin and out receiver. Juju's good, but they need some depth. Well, Juju's good playing opposite of Antonio Brown. We don't yeah. know what he's going to exactly. be by himself. Being the guy. Right. One thing that works in the Steelers' favor is that both the guys you just lost were guys they drafted and developed, and they've traditionally been good at developing their own player. So we'll see where it goes. It's Big Ben and 52 kids anyway. <laughs> I'm not too worried about the running game because we saw that Connor could handle the load last year, and then even when Samuels came in, when Connor got hurt at, down the stretch, they both ran the ball very effectively behind that big O-line. So the running game is going to be there. We got Big Ben. You know, he's he's decent if he stays healthy, but he, he's not getting any younger. He's not getting any skinnier. No, he's so not. So that worries me a little bit. And I, I'm worried about their uh, their depth at receivers. So, I mean, it, it could be a very big struggle for them this year, I think. I'm just really confused with what they think from the top down, kind of like you were saying, Chad. Your quarterback that you're relying so heavily on into the future was talking about retiring for like two of the last three years. Oh, they're they're a hot mess, and you know the move, moving back to the Le'Veon Bell thing though. You know, it's not like they tried to let him go. They did try to franchise tag him last year, and he just said, "Ah, oh, hell no," and never showed up. And you know, I, I think honestly, the Steelers were calling his bluff. I mean, who's not going to show up all year? And you know, Le'Veon Bell essentially wagered on himself. And yeah, we can go back and look at his Twitter feed history and see where he said, you'd have to pay me $100 million to go play for the Jets. Well, that turned out to be a lie. So what did he get for the Jets? $54 million and $45 guaranteed? Is that, is that what I read? I guess uh, right around 40 guaranteed. So, you know, is that, did that pan out for him or is this a bad move? To me, he didn't come out ahead like he thought he was going to because it's close to the same money that he would have gotten from the Steelers, more guaranteed money. But the $14 million that he gave away last year, he didn't make up with this contract. Well, see, I, I'm, I'm looking at it right here. He, um, he's getting $52.5 million, $35 million guaranteed with the Jets. He turned down from the Steelers five years, 70. And uh, 33 was guaranteed in the first two years, and it could have went up to 45 million guaranteed. So he actually lost out on a little bit of money. Now, when did the Steelers offer that? That was last year. That was last year. So correct. that was trying to get him to end the franchise. That, that's correct. Well, yeah, he's an idiot then. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's stupid. I mean, you take like Kirk Cousins took the franchise tag three years in a row, right, and got paid, and then got paid again. So I mean, maybe Le'Veon Bell thought that was going to happen. Man, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. It was that much of a discrepancy between uh, what the total value of the contract was with the Jets and what the Steelers had offered him. See, I didn't know the Steelers had offered him anything. I thought it was just the franchise tag, and then they were going to try to work it out. I mean, he gambled on himself, and he lost. I mean, and teams around the NFL, they they assess and analyze running backs differently than they used to because they're not going to pay an older running back. I mean, most teams aren't. I mean, a lot of teams – they're just going to think we're going to pick up a guy in the draft and let our O-line do their thing and plug in the next guy, just like the Steelers tend to do. So, I mean, they're not going to pay him that kind of money for running back. They're just not. Well, they would have, but I guess we'd be taking it. Not anymore. They're not, not this year. Last year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was kind of the, the – some of the biggest names in, in free agency, but – has this not been just the craziest offseason overall for the NFL that I can remember? For I mean, how about you guys? I mean, is it 
Is it just bizarre, like the trades and everything going on? I mean, what's what's the other big thing that happened this week? You know what's happened with this period of NFL free agency? It's like the old baseball hot stove. Everything happens so quick at three, four days with the cap. Everybody spent their money. You don't want it. They move on to the next guy. The Yodel Beckham trade, the Browns are loading up. Their Super Bowl odds went from like 25 to 1 to 14 to 1. One move. Like, I thought the Browns were going to be good anyway. And I was never that sold on Jabril Peppers. I know a lot of people, you know, really liked him. I just never, I I thought coming out of college, he was like in between positions. I I wasn't sure he was ever really going to excel at any one. So to to trade him and, and, uh, what they trade a couple picks along with that to get traded. They traded uh, their first round pick like number 17 and their second, third round pick. It's like at the end of the third and peppers and they got Beckham who's under contract for the next four seasons, I believe. Didn't they extend him last year? They did. But I I heard today that he's already telling Cleveland he wants an extension now. Oh, wow. So I, you know, the, the, the word was that, he didn't know he was being traded. I know he's happy, you know, reuniting with Jarvis Landry and and apparently Landry Beckham and and Mayfield all work out in the off season. So that, there's a nice dynamic there. But outside of that, when he found out about the news about the trade, he found out the way we all found out. Well, let, let me jump in. Um, this NFL free agency period, it is crazy. It's the craziest I've ever seen. Like NF the M- MLB hot stove. You know, that's like the biggest off-season rumor mill that there is in any professional sports. They had the Bryce Harper, Machado situation, and then NFL basically came in and punched it in the mouth and said, we're going to show you, and they've overtaken it. I mean, this year, hands down, the NFL has stole the spotlight because it's already a more popular sport than baseball overall, and they've clearly ran away with it heading into spring training here. It's NFL talk and nothing else. You know what really even makes it better is – the fact that now when like a story comes out or gets reported, you're not even sure if it's true. It will come out from like the talking heads and whatnot, just like Antonio Brown. You know, he was, he was going to the bills then he wasn't. And then the uh, linebacker from the Vikings was going to the, the jets. And then the next, he fe- I guess he got sick and went to sleep and woke up the next day. and was like, Nope, ah, that's not happening. Pulled a Deandre yeah. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. That's crazy, too, because there's a couple of different situations like that. Teddy Bridgewater was rumored with the Dolphins. Then he was going to stay with the Saints, and now he's talking to the Dolphins again. And there's one other player out there running back somewhere, kind of that same situation. Originally rumored to have agreed in principle and then uh, moved to a different team. Well, part of it is you got these weird rules where you can start having these conversations, but you can't actually do anything. So, like, if if I'm a team... Like I'm really surprised by a couple of teams that have tons tons of cap space, like the Colts, you know. But if I'm a team like them, I'm waiting on these rumors to happen on Monday and Tuesday because you can't do anything until Wednesday. So on Monday and Tuesday, you hear these big deals, then you're just like, "Hey, why don't you come back over here once you get that best offer?" And yeah, we'll make it right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. It's almost like allowing tampering. And you're getting everybody this opportunity to go have these discussions, but you can't actually do anything. And the players have every right to change their mind, but it has just been madness. And it has been ridiculous trying to keep up with it all. And, and there's still some some names out there that haven't been signed. Not the biggest names. we got most of that stuff wrapped up. But it, it's been every day 
for the past four or five days. Like I, I'm just looking at the phone constantly. Here's a notification. There's a notification. Something's going on. There's a player going here, a player going there. Trying to keep up with it's been absolutely exhausting. And I think for your old school NFL fans out there, they hate this kind of thing because they 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 like the loyalty and they like people sticking around. But you know, for for us, you know, watching the product on the field today. You know, these are the same teams that are going to cut these guys on the non-guaranteed contract at a moment's notice. So I don't mind all the jockeying and, and everything that's going on with them trying to get paid and trying to get them guaranteed contracts. It, it actually makes for an entertaining offseason. I mean, here it is, March the 13th, and we're in full tilt talking about the NFL, and it's overtaking everything. I mean, can we backtrack a minute to the Browns? Because I don't think we can talk enough about this right now. Right. This division, right? We talked about the Steelers. Now we're the Browns. Okay, think about that. You got freaking Landry. You got Mayfield. You got Beckham now. You got Chubb, who's a stud. Even if Hunt don't come back, which if he <laughs> comes back during the stretch to keep him fresh, they're solid, man. That's yeah. going to put up some freaking points. Yeah, don't forget, they have Kareem Hunt. <laughs> it's crazy. So, I mean, but like, oh. we, we put up a poll today um, before Facebook crashed around the world. And it stated, you know, what do you think the Browns are going to do? Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to miss the playoffs? Are they going to... Uh, win the uh, AFC, or are they going to go to the Super Bowl? And the majority stated that they feel like they're going to make the playoffs, set, followed by the people thinking they're going to miss the playoffs, you know, because it's the Browns. But <laughs> I think this is the year the Browns are going to put people on notice that this may be their division for the next several years. I mean, on, on offense, on paper, they look phenomenal. Their defense was okay last year. You know, I don't think losing Peppers, you know, hurts them. They got Sheldon Richardson on the defensive line. I mean, they're they're ponying up, but the Browns have the cap space to play with. Now, one of the things that helps out is I know he was a number one draft pick, but when you're paying a rookie quarterback salary, it means you got a little bit more money to play with, and they've done a good job. And on top of that, they still have seven draft picks. Even after the trade for OBJ, they still have seven draft picks. Yeah, they made another nice move, too. They picked up Olivier Vernon from the – Giants for a Russian should free Garrett up some Miles Garrett up some on the other end. Denzel Ward was a stud last year. You lose Peppers, but he didn't do anything for you anyway. That defensive line is going to be able to get after the passer, and if they stay healthy on offense, they should be ahead late in ball games. Vernon and Garrett are going to get after the quarterback. Double digit sacks. You're looking at the AFC North. We know Pittsburgh. They're, they're kind of a mess right now, but they might be able to stabilize it because a lot of the core is still there. We know we know the Bengals are a freaking dumpster fire. I don't think they've signed any free agents. The Browns have made a lot of moves to jump forward. The Ravens lost six guys off that defense last year that was ranked number one in the NFL. However, they did decide to go out and pay big money to Earl Thomas, who's coming off two <laughs> lower body injuries. I don't like that one. I mean, I think Earl Thomas is, is was a great player. I hope he still got it. But, man, you know, it was one of those things where he hadn't signed right away and his market was kind of shrinking. But it's, there's always that one team out there that's like, I don't care. I'm going to pay him. I'm going to bring him on board because that's the guy we need. And I just don't know how much he's got left in the tank at this point. I mean, at this point, they have to be right. They can't afford to be wrong in this case. No. I mean, they lost They lost Mosley. They lost – I mean, I know Suggs was getting older. They lost Weddle. I mean, like, these, these weren't just, like, random guys on the defense. They lost starters. It was like the heart. It, it was. Yeah. yeah. 
Now their whole plan last year was to play real tough on defense, and that's what allowed them to have a quarterback who struggled to throw. They were able to run the ball more. When you lose one of your top players at each level of defense, Lamar Jackson is going to have to drastically improve as a pocket passer this year for them to be competitive, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of that. I mean, like you said, he had to manage the game last year and just not lose it. Uh, With that defense, the fact that the defense is probably going to take a step back, he is going to have to up his game and actually make some plays to win the game, not just to lose it. And I don't think we're going to see that he was anything more than just a flash in the pan because I think they're going to severely fall off this year. I think they're going to have a losing record, my opinion. Now, does it make any difference that they brought in Mark Ingram to help in that backfield? I mean, he's kind of a workhorse back. I think he kind of lost a little bit of, you know, his edge because we saw Kamara down there and he was so flashy last, you know, two years for New Orleans. But Ingram, I think, is still a stud at running back. I mean, let's feed him 30 carries down by 30. Come on. See, I think Ingram is a good running back, but how good we think he is is a little elevated as it is with everybody that plays in that New Orleans offense. I think they should let him throw instead of Lamar, actually. He, he's threw a few nice passes. <laughs> Looks better when it comes out of Lamar's hand. Maybe they should have traded for OBJ. He might I throw a better so. ball. You're right. Put him in a QB. Oh, man. That's going to be a rough year for the Ravens on offense. Plus, Crabtree, they – cut him or didn't re-sign him. He was their one receiver on the outside that could do a little something. Don't be talking about no sorry receiver like Crabtree. <laughs> when you got a sorry quarterback, he needs anybody and everybody. Man, they can't even get him the ball anyway, so it's irrelevant, really. I mean, you don't even need receivers with Lamar Jackson under center. The only way the Ravens go to the playoffs, Lamar Jackson must rush for 1,000 yards. At least. At least a thousand. At least. I'm thinking like uh, fifteen hundred. Yeah, I'm thinking like in twelve rushing touchdowns. He needs to have a Terrell Davis slash Steve McNair type season. He needs to put up some rushing stats enough to where you consider him in the first round of your fantasy draft for them to make the playoffs. Running the veer. <laughs> we'll just go student body left. It's terrible. I mean, it's it's obviously the Steelers and the Browns division. <laughs> Going back and forth, I think the Steelers could win the division if everything goes right. I think the Browns should be the favorite right now, but I think it's going to be between them two fighting out for it. I think the Browns should be the favorite right now too, but everything's on paper. Even Miles Garrett was interviewed, and he said, hey, we look real good on paper. Well, we got to prove it. That's why they're going to win. That's the answer you want they got to give. I got faith in our West Virginia boy from Glenville, old Mr. Kitchens. <laughs> you know – my the old man, my dad is a diehard Browns fan, and all he could say yesterday is, "Just watch, they're all going to be jumping back on the bandwagon." They've all jumped off over the last ten years. Shout out to old man for being loyal all these years. They're coming back. <laughs> He's excited. Did he get him some uh, fresh bullet to prepare for this season to celebrate? No, nah, I think it's been the cheap stuff lately. <laughs> The thing for me that I like the most about the Browns with all this talent is you have a quarterback who's the number one pick, even through college first year in the NFL. He's always got that chip on his shoulder. He's always looking for something to grind to uh, work towards another goal, kind of that Brady-type thing. Don't tell me I'm good. Tell me I suck. I think that's really good for a young team to have the guy that you're going to look to as your leader not be not feel entitled, feel like he's got to earn it every week. So on the opposite end of the spectrum from, you know, the Browns, we have the Giants. 
and like, if you're a Giants fan, how do you feel right now? Well, my cousin feels like he could burn all his Giants gear. He's a diehard Giants fan, and he has no clue what the team is doing, why anyone in their front office is employed. They went from wasting the number two pick on a running back because they believed in believed in Eli Manning when they could have had any quarterback. Now you have Saquon Barkley, and that's it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. They've got to cut Eli Manning, and they need to trade Saquon and get any kind of draft picks at this point that they can get for him because blow it up and start over because that's what they've done. But really that's anyway. what they were supposed to do last year. They have to blow it up. But, like, if you're going to do that, why did you do it now? Why didn't you do it last year? Why did you – Go through a year of of just ridiculous, you know, playing Eli Manning, drafting Barkley, everything we just talked about. Like if, you, if you're going to move Hall on, Hall of Fame quarterback Eli Manning, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. But you know, I know a lot of people are going to hate that. But just look, look. Past, Did you watch him last year? I didn't say it was Hall of Fame last year. Oh God, <laughs> I think it's terrible. But it's the, painful to watch. But why are you blowing it up now? Why did you like what Big said? Why did you draft? you know, a running back at number two overall and then go to the next year and go, oh, you know what, let's go ahead and blow it up now because all you're going to do, like you said, you got to trade Barkley because if not, all you're going to do is destroy him. And the fact that they waited a year, they need to blow up the whole front office too. Well, Gettleman. Get get new people in there and just start fresh. I don't think Giants fans would complain if you took Gettleman out to a firing squad. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me the most from a front office standpoint. You always got to be looking like long term. So last year it was new head coach, offensive mind, believes in our quarterback. We're going to run this. We're going to get two, three years out of Eli. We're going to make a run into the playoffs. One year later, you trade away an all-time great talent at wide receiver. So you've essentially decided, I'm in love with my 38-year-old quarterback and my three-time head coach, and we'll just go from here. Like. It's a waste. It's just stupidity. I mean, if they don't trade Barkley and he plays the whole year, I'll be shocked if he's not hurt halfway through the year because they're going to have to literally feed him 30 times a game. And and that's whether it's dump passes or, you know, running the ball. He's all they got. So, I mean, he's no, there's no way he can possibly stay healthy with the load they need him to carry. If they're trying to win, I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're not. I mean, you know, we ripped on the Raiders a little bit for not knowing, like, what their plan is, but at least they're doing something to move the franchise in a direction that's at least forward. I mean, at least they look like an NFL team I mean, right what? now. Like, the Giants, like, they, they got rid of Landon Collins. You know, they didn't want to re-sign him. Like, I don't, what, what is their move? What have they done? No, they let everybody go. <laughs> they, they let all their talented players go. Landon Collins went to the Redskins. He's going to eat them alive twice a year. They brought in an older player who's not as good and gave him about the same money on the back end. I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. Like out in Oakland, it kind of makes sense. At least you're going to Vegas. You're trying to sell some tickets. What are you doing in New York? I mean, you all saw the last few years because Beckham hasn't been healthy. He's been in and out of the lineup. We saw how bad the receiving core is behind Beckham. And that's what we get to watch for a whole season now. It is terrible. I mean, it, it's, 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 I don't, I don't know what to even say. They can't move the ball at all when Beckham's not playing, even with Barkley. Well, here's how you put it into all of it right now. So in a few weeks, we have WrestleMania in New York City. Well, technically, where the Giants play football. So let's just have The Undertaker come out for one more match against Gettleman. <laughs> And and we'll do a buried alive match, and then everyone can move on with their lives. 
You'd have a lot of people in favor of that. I mean, I'd actually be happy. In the- <laughs> I'd tune in for that, and I'm not even a Giants fan. <laughs> well, even more NFL news, because, you know, we couldn't talk about it enough in the last segment. So for all those out there who haven't been able to keep up with the carousel that is the 2019 free agency in the National Football League, we're going to give you the rundown of maybe the top 50, top 100 players, something like that. We're just going to run through it real quick. And we're starting at the top. Trey Flowers, Stevens event, left the Patriots, went to the Detroit Lions. Landon Collins, New York Giants, to the Redskins. Pain. <laughs> Trent Brown, offensive lineman, Patriots to the Raiders. See ya. CJ Mosley, Ravens' arguable best defender, is now a New York Jet. Pain. Le'Veon Bell, Pittsburgh Steelers, not anymore. He's wearing the gangrene, baby, New York Jets. Blanket. Matt Paradise, I probably said it wrong, but he was a center for the Denver Broncos, is now on the Carolina Panthers. Who? Anthony Barr, he was on the Vikings, then he, well, he kind of stayed on the Vikings. DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Tyron Matthew, left the Texans, is now a Kansas City Chief. Honey Badger don't give a shit. <laughs> Earl Thomas left the Seahawks, he is now a Raven, he likes being a bird. Bryce Callahan, he still doesn't have a team, but he was a cornerback for the Bears. Jawan James, offensive tackle for the Dolphins, is now a Bronco. Preston Smith, linebacker for the Redskins, great defender, now a Packer. Zadarius Smith, another starting linebacker for the Ravens, also a Packer. Bunch Packer. <laughs> Nick Foles, we didn't even talk about that earlier, but he left the Eagles and is now the starting quarterback for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Polar Plunge. Adrian Amos, starting safety for the Bears, also on the Packers. Packs going defense, aren't they? Tyrell Williams left the Chargers, went to the Raiders. Zombie out, Davis. Roger Saffold, guard for the Rams on the Titans. Dominican Sue still doesn't have a team. Darrell Williams stayed with the Panthers, offensive lineman. Ronald Darby, cornerback for the Eagles, still doesn't have a team. Golden Tate, still unemployed as well. Overrated. LaMarcus Joyner, the free safety for the Super Bowl contending Rams, is now a Raider. Had to look him up. Mitch Morris, center for the Chiefs, went to the Bills. Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle for the Vikings, is now a Cleveland Brown. Dante Fowler stayed with the Rams. Tevin Coleman, running back for the Falcons, is a 49er. Teddy Bridgewater stayed in New Orleans after turning down Miami. Back up. Pierre Desir, cornerback for the Colts, stayed put. Marcus Golden, haha, Clinton Dix, Rodney Gunter, all unemployed. Mark Ingram left the Saints, went to the Ravens. Here's a big one. KJ Wright, unemployed. John Brown left the Ravens, went to the Bills. Henry Anderson stayed on the Jets. Kareem Jackson, safety for the Texans, now on the Broncos. Darquise Denard's unemployed cornerback for the Bengals. Adam Humphreys left the Bucks, went to the Titans. Jamison Crowder left the Redskins, went to the Jets. Jimmy Ward stayed as quarterback for the Niners. And Cole Beasley left the Cowboys, went to the Bills. Rap God. <laughs> the Patriots held on to Jason McCourty. Is that the good or the bad of the Twins? Uh, the lesser of the two. Bruce Irvin as a free agent, linebacker for the Falcons. Jordan Hicks left the Eagles and went to the Cardinals. And that's about all the names I even feel like talking about. So right now, as it stands on Wednesday at 11 o'clock in the evening, who is your biggest winners of free agency and who are your biggest losers? Obviously, the Steelers are the biggest loser. 
in my opinion. And then I would have to go with the uh, Cleveland Browns and the, mm, I don't want to say the Raiders because I'd be a homer, but I do like the Jets move uh, getting Bell because Darnold needs a security blanket. I'll say the Raiders were the biggest winners in free agency because they spent the cap space they had. They still kept four of the top 35 picks in the draft. Chucky's going to have it going. The biggest losers for me, the Colts. They had all that money to spend and could have brought in some guys to help amp them up, take them over the top in the AFC, and they've stand, stand pat. I mean, imagine if they'd have got Bell. Yeah, I'm with you. Colts are a big loser. I'm going to be a homer and tell you the biggest loser is probably Cincinnati because you can't tell me one person they've signed because that's right, they haven't. All they've done is try to re-sign their mediocre players they have. But for winners, I think you got to look at the Raiders and you got to look at the Browns. I know technically Odell Beckham wasn't free agency. That was a trade. But both of those teams, I think you can say, definitely have improved their chances to be more successful next year than they were this past year. So NFL clearly has dominated the headlines, but let's not forget we do have March Madness coming up. And for everyone listening, if you want a shot to come on the show, we will be doing a March Madness Challenge. Check out our Facebook page to find out all about it. But we welcome everyone to come on, and all you got to do is beat us. Don't let us beat you, and we will have you come on the show if you come in first place. But that being said, there are some teams that have already qualified for the big dance. So just testing your all's knowledge. Biggs, I'll start with you. I'm going to tell you who's got the automatic bids. You just got to tell me what state they're from. Liberty won the Athletic Sun Conference. They're 28 and 6. New York. I know that one. They're in Virginia. Mr. Brown, Gardner Webb, the Big South Conference champion, 23 and 11. I'm going to say uh, Vermont. No idea. Iona, 17 and 15. There's a barn burner for you. Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Uh, Indiana Bradley Missouri Valley conference champion at 20 and 14 Oklahoma. I would have just defaulted to Missouri because yeah. it's Missouri Valley, but yeah. it could be Murray state, Ohio Valley conference, 27 and four Indiana Wolford, the Southern conference champion, 29 and four. You said Southern conference. Yes. I, when you said Wolford, I was going to say Massachusetts, but now I'm going to have to go South Carolina. You might be right. I think Biggs can get this one. Northern Kentucky, they're 26 and 8, Horizon League champion. Oh, God. How about Not Indiana. <laughs> All right. How about uh, Northeastern, Mr. Brown? Colonial Athletic champions, 23 and 10. Northeastern? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, they're in uh, Boston. Oh, my Man, bad. I knew that one. Yeah, this sounds like something Biggie would know. Fairly Dickinson, they're 20 and 13, oh, wow. Northeast Conference champion. Pennsylvania. I think it sounds like Maine to me. <laughs> sure, why not? St. Mary's, the West Coast Conference champion, 22 and 11, beat Gonzaga. And it's the first time that they've won it since 2012, which is the last time Gonzaga didn't win. Nevada? They're California. Oh, sorry. Biggie, I saved this one for you. North Dakota State, 18 and 15, Summit League champions. So those are Fargo, your, that's a football school. There's your neighbors up there. And then uh, the toothpaste school, Colgate, Patriot League champions, 24 and 10. Was it New Hampshire? 
I don't know, but we'll go with that. And those are your automatic qualifying bids for the NCAA tournament. Again, don't forget, we have a bracket. Go and check out our page. We'll post a link every day starting next week to get as many people involved as possible. All right, last little bit of news in the world of the NBA. We have tremendous fan interactions going on. Did you see the Russell Westbrook fan incident at Utah? I said he threatened to kick old dude's ass and his wife. He absolutely did. Now, I I know there's not much out there, just the video. Biggs, that's the only thing that's there, right? Just the video of Russ with his knees, you know, iced up and all that. That's all there is, right? For video, there is, but the Jazz have done some uh, work inside with their security, and they banned that guy from their arena for lifetime. And Russ got fined twenty five grand, which isn't that much. Now, I mean, what's your what's your take on this? Is this you know the fans' fault, Russ's fault? Is is it nobody's fault, and we're just making too big of a deal out of it? I mean, I, I feel like that uh, he's a professional athlete. You're gonna have hecklers every city you go, you know. So he's got to hold himself to a higher standard. He can't get down in the the ranks or on our test. He's got to, you know, not let it affect him and let it roll off his back because they're fans. Who cares what they think? You're making millions of dollars. Does it really matter what Joe Blow's out there saying with his fat-ass wife? (laughs) I mean, I feel like this stuff probably happens all the time. It just doesn't always get captured, and now we're making a big deal about it because, you know, Russ is saying it was, you know, racially motivated. It could be because we don't know the whole story. All we saw is what was in the video. But at the same time, like you, you can't react, right? Like you can't get sucked into that abyss and get in an argument with a fan. Like we've seen Kevin Durant do a little bit of stuff with that with fans in the past, and it hasn't been very pretty. Not as bad as this, but to get to the point where you're threatening to come up there and beat up him and his wife, I mean, we we don't need malice in the palace again. That was a fun night, but like Mr. Brown <laughs> <It was>. said, <laughs> I still watch that clip to this day. Sorry, go ahead. It's one of my favorites. Like Mr. Brown said, you got to be able to handle the hecklers because since this has happened, he's been kicked out of their arena for life and people went onto his uh, social media platforms and it's shown that he does have a racist, you know, tone to him and himself. So that his whole goal was maybe to get Westbrook to punch him so he could sue him as a million dollar athlete. You have to know that's coming. You, you don't like it, but why, why entertain the guy? Now he, he's got 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, I mean, if people are going to be this thin-skinned, I mean, that might be a career for some to go and just heckle athletes until they get an altercation with them and take their money. So the one thing that I will say, though, is regardless what happened, with everyone taking a stance about, you know, violence against women and all these professional athletes, uh, athletic leagues like the NFL and whatnot, you know, I'm surprised Russ hasn't caught more crap about threatening a female who who apparently wasn't really involved in the altercation, was just sitting there. Now, again, we don't have the whole story, but to say you're going to go up there and attack a female too, like to me, that's the one that kind of stands out as being, yeah, you really can't do that. It's one thing to harass and, and heckle back at a fan, but when you're talking about inciting violence toward a female, I think you're getting into a different category. I mean, the fact that he clearly said that, I think Adam Silver came up a little soft on this one. I mean, with 25K, he, he got less than what you do if you was tampering. And uh, he's threatened to beat up a woman. So there's something wrong with the the process there because, I mean, it, it's not good in any way, shape, or form. I agree completely. 
You can't go over the line there. You can tell that guy that you're going to wipe the floor with him. But once you go that direction, you lose any leverage you had of coming out on being, you know, the, the victim in it. I mean, let me be clear there real quick. I don't condone, obviously, what the fans said. You know, any fan, if you're heckling and you're oh, saying no. anything racially charged or anything like I heard it, potentially there was like a homophobic slur. Anything you say like that, obviously, is a bad deal. So if security would happen to hear it or see it, they need to escort them out immediately. But you just can't, as a professional athlete, stoop to that level and let them uh, sucker you in because that's what they want. And, and on top of that, with what Big said earlier, you know, this guy does have a, a past of posting things on social media that have racial overtones to him, racist overtones. So he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. You know, he, he's definitely the guy that – you know, I think the burden of proof is on him. And, you know, if he wants to sue him for Westbrook making threats and stuff like that, go ahead. But the truth always does come out. And the thing about living in 2019, don't tell me there's not a couple of people that don't have something on a camera phone that's going to pop up when they need to. And that might be exactly what the Jazz were able to help, you know, pinpoint why they decided to ban this guy for life and jump to that conclusion just a day after the incident. What I've heard is that they were able to confirm Westbrook's side of what was said the fan had said something said he told Westbrook to ISIS knees down what Westbrook said and they said that they were able to confirm was get down on your knees like you're used to yeah and, and whether that's you know racist or homophobic or whatever it may be you know I, I look at it like this I'm all about giving the opponents a hard time and whatnot but you know if I take my kids to a game I don't want to hear that crap you know save that stuff for Facebook <laughs> Yeah, amen. Well, don't take him to a game in Utah then because the fan base there has that uh, reputation. Well, speaking of other fan bases, you know, apparently it's not just on the road where you can get harassed because James Dolan found out that his Nick fans, they can harass you a little bit too. So he was uh, walking out of the game the other night and apparently was approached by a guy tells tells him he needs to sell the team. Well, he's probably right, but did you see how James Dolan reacted to this? Didn't he ban him from MSG for life? Yeah, he banned him for life. Uh, the guy was like, he was walking past and he was like, sell the team. And he like stopped in his tracks and walked right over to him. He said, you want me to sell a team, huh? And he's like, and he's, they started going back and forth. And he goes, how about you can enjoy watching the rest of your Nick games from your home on your TV because you're going to be uh, out of here for good. And then he gave the security information and then they kicked him out of the game shortly thereafter and supposedly he's banned and uh, i guess him and oakley's gonna sit on the couch together and watch the nick games now my favorite thing about the the whole dynamic what went down was afterwards when james dolan was talking to a radio station in new york and he was blaming tmz for it all happening that they planted this guy there to cause this altercation because a nick fan would never tell james dolan to sell the team right I mean, but, real quick, all he said was sell the freaking team. It's not like he was cussing him. He didn't say anything out of line other than sell the team. I mean, you got to be way thicker uh, skinned than that. That's pathetic. Yeah, at least Westbrook, you know, dealt with something a little different there. But what I'm hoping is, you mentioned Oakley. Oakley needs to sneak into the next Knicks game and lead the entire MSG crowd in a chant. Sell the team. Sell the team. And maybe maybe that would be worth the whole whole price of admission at that point. I bet Spike Lee'd stand up. <laughs> <laughs> he might say, how much? <laughs> right, last but not least, we did have a couple interesting things that, that are going on on our Facebook page. So, so keeping it with the NBA real quick. 
we put out the greatest power forward of all time, and we gave six different names out there. And I'm I'm not looking at it, so make sure I'm remembering this right. We had Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Kevin McHale, and Kevin Garnett. Yeah, there you go. So those are our six. Dirk Nowitzki walked away with this poll by doubling up Tim Duncan. 1.2K. And we're talking, I mean, we had thousands of votes on this thing. And, and like, look, I will acknowledge that Dirk changed the game. I mean, he really was like the first legitimate seven-foot guy that can step outside the three-point line and be a threat. And for that, the NBA game has changed dramatically since he came into the league. But as much as I love Dirk Nowitzki, and he's a top-five NBA scorer of all time and all that, is he really better than Duncan? I don't think so. TD's the greatest four of all time. Now, some of the conversation that came up on the page where people were upset that Duncan was even listed because a lot of people consider him a center and not a power forward. I mean, Pop, he uh, he played him at the four, obviously, with the Admiral, but he also played him at the four even after that. He would throw in a, another guy at center and have a, a tall lineup out there. Usually so. a European center, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> but uh, I, I would uh, – uh, me personally, I would pick KG – I would pick Charles Barkley even, and I would also pick Duncan over uh, Dirk Nowitzki. What about Malone? Uh, Malone as well. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, I just think that uh, a lot of the skew in the poll there is the fact that probably a lot of younger voters voted. It's the millennials. And the fact that it's the people that just don't, they only know Dirk and seen Dirk play, and they, they've only seen these other guys on YouTube. So I think that's the the factor right and it's plus it's Dirk's farewell tour yeah and I'm not taking anything away from Dirk he was on the list for a reason like I, I think he's worthy of mention you know I just don't think he he's necessarily the best of all time but he's an awesome player you know props to him and apparently props to all the Maverick fans who came out of the woodworks to make sure they voted for him ton of Mavericks fans came out apparently now, the, go ahead. we don't know sports has a global reach got all the Europeans to vote for him. We get more Chinese than European, yeah. I think. Uh, the Asian crowd also loves some Dirk, so um, it was they came out in full force. The Asian crowd is going to be upset because the the next poll we have that's up right now is on the centers, and we don't have Yao Ming listed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you should have probably put Yao Ming in there for international appeal over the Admiral. It would have been like the All Star vote, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they would have just got that's it. True. So you know, we 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 have uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Shaq. Um, Wilt. Wilt Chamberlain. The Admiral. David Robinson. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Is that five? And there you say the dream. And Hakeem Olajuwon. All right. So there you go. The the biggest controversy that erupted on this one was David Robinson's inclusion of the list, apparently, because people wanted to see Moses Malone or Patrick Ewing and different people like that. You know, I went with a guy that had the MVPs and the rings and 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 thought it was the best option, but Regardless of that, right now, Biggie, who do you think is in the lead on this poll? Well, in my opinion, it should be Akeem Olajuwon, but uh, I'm thinking Kareem. It, it is Kareem. He it, it is not a blowout by any. any I mean, Bill Russell's there. second, right? Bill Russell's right there with him. I mean, the the, the real question is why didn't we include uh, Bill Walton and <laughs> uh, George Mikan? Because apparently, <laughs> I I got told the hell off because. George Mikan wasn't listed, and I tried to explain that, you know, Shaq would break him in half and leave his just 
whatever left just laying there on the court because Micah couldn't guard any six of those guys. Well, I told you, well, first of all, Micah played in the league when the average height was six foot two, and that's not me making that up. Go look. And at, he was six ten, right? Go look at sportreference.com. It'll tell you what the average height of the NBA is every year. It was six foot two in, in the 50s. But outside of that, George Mikan, if I was going to compare him to anybody in, in relative history, he, he is um, Chris Dudley. That is who he is. And if you ever saw the clip of Shaq losing his mind and throwing one down on Chris Dudley and him throwing the ball at him, that's exactly what would happen with Mikan. I mean, I think he's like a, a undersized, like Greg Oster tag, you know, <laughs> if I had to guess. That might be even more of a compliment. That's true. At least yeah. Ostertag was a starter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, this dude was hell-bent and determined it was Mike, and he was like, y'all are idiots. He's the pioneer of basketball. Yes, he was the pioneer. I got it. But six foot two, you know, you'd be out there playing center. I'd break out my inner Cam Thurman. God, that's ridiculous. Uh, you go monster. Cam Thurman was better than George Mikan. <laughs> You're damn right he was. Kevin Pitsnoggle. <laughs> and uh love spit snuggle gansey hair bear uh off track now the six that are listed on there are the best six fall time you could argue with david robinson but he won league mvps uh won the scoring title one year won rings defensive player of the year there's there's nothing to hate on david robinson that's why i put him on there I mean, the only one I could argue is Moses Malone, and we we left Patrick Ewing off for a reason because he traveled before traveling was cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they call it a Euro step. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just the Ewing hop. But uh, I, it's been a been a fun show. We've talked football. We've talked basketball. I don't have time for anything else except one thing. Give me who you think your four number one seeds are for March Madness, and we'll call it a night. Biggs, who you got? I think you're getting three from the ACC, Virginia, UNC, Duke, and then uh, Gonzaga's going to stay on that one line unless Kentucky runs the SEC tournament. Four of those five will be one seeds. I'd put money on it. So which three did you say out of the ACC? You're going Duke, North Carolina, Virginia? Yep. I'm going to pull Duke off and replace it with Michigan State, but I got the same. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yep, I can see that. I'm not going to pick my four because I'm just going with the Zags. This is the year they pull off the upset and win it all. They're not even a Cinderella anymore, though. Like, up until yesterday, they were the overall number one seed. No, 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 but eventually they got to win something. They do. A little, little unsettling, though. They lose their freaking conference <laughs> championship. St. Mary's is, you know, they're, they're all right. Even yeah. though they beat them by 40 earlier in the year. It's a good time for Gonzaga to lose if they're going to make a run, Mr. Brown. little eye-opener for them. I mean, is is Zion going to come back? I mean, what's 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 going on with Duke? He's expected to play for Duke in the ACC tournament. All right, they've just been saving him. It's been a different team without him, for sure. Well, Duke's three and three in the six games he's missed, and they lost five games all year. So, if he's healthy, they're a one seed, and they're running to the Final Four. Hey, did they rig the conference title game for Murray State just so John Morant could get get in the uh, big dance? I think that that is a more probable than not situation. Well, if we learned anything this week about colleges is that they're screwed up. Just ask the chick from Desperate Housewives and 
you know, Aunt Becky awesome. from Full House. They're having all kinds of fun. So everyone out there listening, don't bribe your kids way into college. Let them earn it the right way. That's all we got for you tonight. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Oh, you can try that again. No, it'll probably work. <laughs> what are you laughing? Because it, it, there's a routine that every time I say, give me like 10 seconds of silence, you always make noise. <laughs> <laughs>